This is God's Music Is My Life, a podcast that talks about gospel, contemporary Christian, soul, and women's music from a non-fundamentalist lens and thinks about the ways that music shapes our lives. I'm your host, Tim Dillinger. In November of 2023, the world learned about the death of Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most important religious figures of our lifetime. Aside from the vital work that he did as a theologian, he was also a preserver of the gospel sound, famed for his live recordings at his Azusa conferences. Describing himself as metacostal, fusing his Pentecostal roots in spiritual transcendence with metaphysical principles, he continued in the tradition of lesser-known preachers and teachers before him who also shared these ideas and beliefs. Bishop Pearson's shift from a more conventional brand of Christianity into what became known as the gospel of inclusion was met with such a horrific response from the church at large, largely because of his fame. He was publicly deemed a heretic by the Joint College of African American Pentecostal Bishops Congress and declared an endangerment by Pastor Jack Hayford. Asking the general public and religious leaders with economically rewarding ministries to consider why they believe what they believe was a daring move. The reality is, most people don't know why they believe what they do. It's simply what they've been told, and they choose to repeat it. Leaders with followers and money coming in the offering plate simultaneously have no reason or reward in changing their values. So when a beloved public figure begins to unpack the rhetoric, people most often choose to cling to the familiar rather than opt to understand things differently. Unlearning and then finding belief is hard work. In 2003, I had a crisis of faith. I'd been expelled from a church in Nashville. It was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me, even if I didn't know it at the time. It gave me the opportunity to cut away from the noise and find out what I actually believed. Shortly after that, I read an article about Bishop Pearson's expanding theology that had also essentially gotten him expelled from Christendom. Pearson's revelations rang true for me, and on a whim, I sent him an email, which he shockingly responded to. It opened up an exchange and a connection that I'll forever be grateful for. When Bishop Pearson was promoting his book, The Gospel of Inclusion, Reaching Beyond Religious Fundamentalism to the True Love of God, I asked him to come on my radio show and share about the book and the underlying revelations that inspired it. I re-edited our interview a few months back, and I'm sharing it with you today. I hadn't listened to it in a long time, and I'm astounded by the ways that this conversation laid the groundwork for the exact moment in my own becoming that I'm just now understanding. If you've only heard discussion about Bishop Pearson's beliefs, our interview serves as a wonderful gateway introduction to what he actually believed. This week we have kind of the the father of so much of what we've been talking about uh, on the show, the gospel of inclusion, the the theology that has changed my life, and uh, I'm just very honored to have uh, one of the most courageous people I've ever seen in my life on the show, and that's Bishop Carlton Pearson. Welcome to Out the Box. Uh, Mr. Dillinger. <laughs> John Dillinger, you got that gun out. <laughs> I always joke I'm a gangster underneath it all, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that about you. <laughs> well, first of all, let me just say to you publicly how much I appreciate what you've done over these past couple of years, and and I know it's come with a great cost, but 
if nobody else ever tells you, this has revolutionized my life. And uh, I don't even know if you remember, we exchanged some emails about three years ago. Yeah, I remember. You're one of the, the first ones I actually got to have some at length communication with um, who understood. Wow. You know, the, 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 the dilemma or the paradox of, mm-hmm. of um, and I always ask the question, have you ever seen yourself through the eyes of someone else that you have become? Mm. or that you are becoming. And if you haven't or aren't, you're not evolving, you're not growing, you're stagnating. And I can tell, I can sense even in talking to you these days from then that you've evolved as I have and others seem to be literally by the, I would venture to say hundreds of thousands of people are just it's like some kind of new spiritual awakening or renaissance. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I I jokingly said to another friend of ours yesterday, I said, this is, this is our rapture. This is our yeah, enlightenment. This is the second coming. Yes. It's in consciousness. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> but I, I again, I just wanted to say to you publicly, thank you, uh, because I would not be doing anything I'm doing today, just even on a personal level, and who I've evolved into would not be if it had not been for your teaching. You know what, Tim? The 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 the, the, the most recent liberation thought I've had most personal and powerful maybe ever is that somewhere in our pre-incarnate consciousness pre-incarnate not reincarnate the pre-incarnate awareness uh, we probably it seems like I remember in my spirit that I said yes to this journey Mm. that I'm not here against my will I'm not a victim of creation or of destiny that I signed up for this um you know, there's a scripture that says um, in Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. Before you were born, I called you. Who is the formless, nameless, sinless, skinless, sexless, endless you? Wow. There is a, a part of our being, the essence of our being, is immortal and immutable, immeasurable. Mm-hmm. immediate that that when I listen to you talk and others in the same plane or planet of thought we it's like we're rehearsing we're not teaching as much as we are remembering it's like I'm yes. waiting this is a deja vu I've always known this yes yes I just forgot it well if we're truly spirit form yeah we have yeah that's right wow that's absolutely true wow isn't that wonderful to think that way it is it is because it gives us, it, it makes us immortal, yes. uh, or it brings us into the realization of our immortality. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, wow. So y'all listening, it's already getting deep. So <laughs> let let's start by talking. I know you've got the Gospel of Inclusion, this incredible. I'm going to call it an opus uh, uh, book that is coming out March 11th on Simon and Schuster. It's available for pre-order as we speak on Amazon.com and. I have been marking this up like it's a Bible. Uh, I have so much highlighted in this book, and let me just say to everyone listening, you need to pick up this book and tap into this truth that, like Bishop just said, you already know. But for anybody listening, Bishop, that is not familiar with the Gospel of Inclusion, they don't have any clue what this is about, how would you uh, begin to introduce them to it? Well, there's two ways to look at it. First of all, from the Christian concept, 
that in the finished, what we call the finished work of Christ, all of humanity was redeemed back to God. There's a scripture that says, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. That God was in Christ reconciling the world, the planet, to himself, not counting men's sins or perceived sins against them. Mm. That there is no God who's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's not here nice. That, mm -hmm. that whole concept is erroneous. That, that the, in fact, the word inclusion comes from the, another English word, which means to, to enclosure or the embrace of the universe on all of, the, all of humanity that doesn't just save them, but makes them safe. Mm. You know, I've... You and I can talk about being saved all our lives because we're from that kind of traditional fundamentalist background. Yes. But I, and I've been, quote-unquote, saved since I was five, but I never felt safe. Yes. And for the first time in my life, the inclusion consciousness says that God is not hostile toward us, mm -hmm. that you'll never know that you're free from sin until you know that you're actually free to sin mm. and still be loved by God and advocated by Christ. And that in the finished work of the cross, Jesus said, it is finished all of humanity, all sin and sinners have already been eradicated or atoned for. So you cannot out the grace of God for where sin abounds, grace abounds more. If mercy endures for heaven, forever, how can hatred or hell? Mm. And the hell we've been taught of this eternal place of doom and damnation and condemnation, God would have to hate somebody yes. to torture him infinitely. I mean, that's, that's worse than Hitler. So this whole concept of the love of God shed abroad on our hearts by Holy Spirit is means just makes more much more sense to me than it ever has. Wow, wow! As I've been kind of reading through this book, you made a statement here. Uh, my religion was terminally ill. At first, I thought it just needed healing, but I have a feeling it just might die, and perhaps it should. Then we'd just be left with God. God without religion. Can you imagine the possibilities? Why does that scare people? Well, because we're creatures, first of all, of habit. And we are, freedom is not for cowards. Hmm. We call this faith-based community, it's really a fear-based theology and a faith-biased yes. theology. Our faith as, as Christians, and as most religions, Judaism and Christianity included, is based on fear. Fear of an angry, hostile, intolerant, judgmental God who can do condemn and doom you to hell and leave you there forever and all of humanity over the centuries have perceived the gods per se to be angry mm -hmm. and therefore we have come up with forms formulas formulations dogmas disciplines and doctrines yes. to supposedly appease a pre perceived angry entity or deity we call god mm -hmm. in order to avoid the wrath of this god we have to jump through these hoops yes all of that is superstitious uh, myth that has somehow invaded our culture and our psyche and become a reality that really doesn't exist. It's a big, massive delusion. Isn't it interesting that we never question it? Yes. Because it's, it's, I know that quietly I always did. To myself I always said, this is really, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's what everybody else believes, so they must be right. Well, it's not just religion. It's a cultural iconoclasm. We, yes. We live, if you go to uh, Israel, if you go to China, if you go to a Muslim country and you come to America, all these countries and cultures have their religious-based systems. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just religion, it's the culture. And you don't question the culture or the fathers or the elders or the, or the traditions. The word tradition comes from, from trade, like trade winds that blow always in the same direction toward the equator. Mm-hmm. They never change direction. Well, the traditions, trade-me-down thoughts and theologies of our wow. culture are, are, are so entrenched in, in our psyche. I mean, we're dealing with 1,500 years of entrenched indoctrination about God and good and mm-hmm. evil and devil and hell. And, and so most of us don't know how to exist or are afraid to even try to exist. People, people say this, I, I, Bishop, I, I really don't want to believe in hell, but if I, if I stop believing in it, then I know I'll probably go there. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. if you believe in it, you will. Yes. That's your reality. You, I don't believe people go to hell. I believe people go through it. Absolutely. And it's because we invent it and create it and we, we, we conjure it up and we, we glamorize it and we make it extravagant and opulent and attractive and fascinating. And then we give it a devil, a supervisor, you know, with a hoof and horns mm-hmm. and, a, you know, a pointed tail and, and a pitchfork and, and he's everywhere and omniscient and omnipresent and probably, in most people, he might as well be omnipotent. Yes. Yes. We've actually made a, a, an idol out of the devil. Mm-hmm. When we're told in Old Testament scripture, if there's any validity to it, and I believe there's some, of course, not all, but uh, we're not to eat from the tree of the two loyalties, good and evil, God and yes. evil, the devil. But we're so bought into that duality, and we cannot handle the dichotomies around it. We're juggling these balls. Uh, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. And we're clicking the little leaves and dropping them on the ground. Today, God loves me. Tomorrow, he's going to burn me in hell. <laughs> and I repent, he loves me again. And the next day, I look at somebody wrong or my, I lost, lost thoughts or cut, and then I go to hell again. And then I go to hell for trying to avoid hell or using the word hell and describing hell. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is all this supposed to be? <laughs> 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 and people are left to just kind of find their way. And thus we have this confused planet that we call Earth. And uh, there's such mental and moral and spiritual retardation here. Isn't it interesting you touched on this about the finger quotes, original sin, uh, that we never look at it from the standpoint of realizing that the, 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 the real uh, issue with the fruit was that it was good and evil. We never see it that way. Yeah. That that's what they were, no pun intended, biting into sure. was this realization. And we choose to focus on the disobedience well, you know, I bring out in the in the in the book that opposites attract, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, and then they attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, all my negatives are attracted to by positives, and all my positives are attracted to my negatives, and neither of them are necessarily wrong. Wrong. Yes. They belong. Yes. And if I see it as belonging, as part of who I am, and stop apologizing for me being a human, I'm a human being being human. Mm-hmm. That's where this whole idea of sexuality comes from. Human beings being human, what's wrong with that? Yes. Why have we so demonized it? You're about to open a can of worms. Well, (laughs) the worms have become serpents and snakes and and big sea monsters, and they got everybody running and and Mm -hmm. hiding and frightened of of, uh, being who they are. Well, it brings up this whole concept of our humanity and what does that mean and our oneness uh 
with our neighbors, meaning the Christians are at one with the gays, and the gays are at one with the Muslims, and we're all reflections of each other. You say here, our God is one unified existence, being or becoming. He maintains a spiritual intercourse with intelligent beings. We are his expression in this world through us, his creation. He gains expression and evolves in our world. So that would mean, then, that that's inclusive of everyone. Well, you know, in, in the first part of the scriptures, and those people who are really you know, hung up on scripture, it says that out of God created him male and female, mm-hmm. created he them. So in God was a bisexuality, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe in one sense, uh, I, I, and most people are afraid of this, but I think there is a the most perfect human being you'll meet is a person that is in touch with both the male and female aspect of their being. Absolutely. And unashamedly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why some of the most graphic and creative and artistic and talented people seem to be uh, uh, either homosexual or bisexual. I don't really believe that it's just homosexuals. We use that terminology. Yes. But I think in every person, hetero or homo, there is both expressions, both appreciations, both identifications. But the culture says, oh, no, 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 it's male and female. Well, a female, a woman is a, is a female man. Yes. Is a man with a womb. Yes. Womb man. That's where the English term comes from. Um, and the, the, long, the, the sooner we accept the fact that we are dual in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, and, our, and, and stop being afraid or intimidated by that part of us, of our being, mm-hmm. the, the tension around it will lift off the planet and we'll just be comfortable being. Imagine the creative expression. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, and imagine the sense of, and, you know, I've, I've been teaching from a series title, What You Want Wants You, because what you want is that the most mm. the the most lonely moments of our lives, the, the the loneliest times in our lives, are those times when we are not those times when we're missing a family member or a friend or a lover or a spouse or mm-hmm. you know it's but when you miss yourself when part of yourself or part of your soul is either missing or you're unaware of it, and you're most lonely and most depressed. When you have forgotten not only that you are, but who you are. Yes. You know, the spiritual amnesia makes us transient souls, all but spiritual vagabonds, mm. seeking ourselves. And the more you become comfortable with your whole self, the part that is both male and female, black and white, yes. uh, rich and poor, dumb and knows everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uninformed and yet uninformed. Uh, entitled and and untitled when you learn all that and accept all that it's like wait a minute i have nothing to be afraid of i i'm everything i want Mm -hmm. i'm everything i need Mm -hmm. i miss only me the part of myself i gave away in a relationship the part of a self that was stolen from me by an abusive word Mm -hmm. you know when somebody says something and you know we're 80 percent water and i don't know if you know about how about how cells and water interact but you know there are crystals that you could, that water forms into crystals, 
and based on the environment that it's in, it can be dark and dingy and crippled and cruddy. Mm-hmm. That's a science. Mm. Somebody can say something to you, Tim, and it can, and it can be negative, and, and your, your, your bodily functions will respond to that. Yes. You can actually get sick in the, at the cellular level if you constantly hear and absorb deadly negative emotion and commotion. Yes. That's why hanging around with people who are positive, who speak into your life, who believe in you. I think being unequally yoked with unbelievers is means, in, in effect, hanging out with folks who don't believe in your potential. Yes. It ain't got to do with Christianity. <laughs> 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 you know, I want to be me. I love me. How can you love your neighbor as you love yourself if you don't love yourself? And you cannot love yourself if you don't know yourself and recognize yourself and embrace yourself. Yes, yes. You, you talked about you, you said the angry God concept is a mental illness, but you also talk about, uh, in conjunction with this, uh, the concept of sickness and suffering. Uh, how we that have bought into this uh, old mentality need the sickness and the and the suffering, and we can literally stop it. Yeah. Well, it goes. It's 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 the difference between self-loving and self-loathing. Yes. Yes. When you loathe yourself, you open the door for some kind of punishment. Yes. You think that you should be judged by the universe. And so wow. that could be in any, any form of malady or sickness or innervation, disease or dis-ease. I often say life is little less, for most people, than a sexually transmitted disease. Oof. Your mom and them yes. <laughs> were intimate, even if they weren't married, sexually. And here you come. You plop out on a table somewhere diseased or uncomfortable being you yes and we're taught from the beginning that we are born in sin shaped, shaped in iniquity, iniquity. we yes. came here illegally we came here illegitimately we came here with a death sentence we came here guilty until proven innocent and so when you're taught from the beginning that you're a sinner you act out whatever your perception of sin is Mm-hmm. If you hear that all every Sunday, we've all sinned. We've all sinned in Photoshop. Well, you keep hearing that, and it's interpreted in a way that indicts the human being for being human. Yes. Then you act it out, and in that acting it out, you feel guilty, and you start judging yourself. Here comes a cold, and then the flu, and then pneumonia, and then lung cancer, and then cancer. Your your organs begin to yes. quake, and, and and welcome in, and literally invite. Yes. Disaster, because you think you deserve it. And that's what causes sickness in the earth, I think. Isn't it interesting? We gravitate to we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity versus God looked at all that he had made and it was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this guilt consciousness, yes. sense of criminality and delinquency, produces negative energy on the planet and, and it metastasizes. Mm-hmm. And in relationships... And in uh, relationship with yourself and your soul and with all the people around you from parents uh, to siblings to uh, external relationships, platonic relationships with, with friends. Mm-hmm. The, the stress and strain, you know, it's a law of friction, of, of, of physics. Anything in motion causes friction. Wow. So friction, but here's where, and you would, you, you would re- relate to the word anointing, the word anoint. Mm-hmm. means literally to smear or to smudge or to to uh, wipe oil inferred that's come from olives that have been crushed by by rocks. Olive oil. Uh, it means Gethsemane, 
it's translated olive press, where Jesus prayed. Mm -hmm. Gethsemane, olive press, the pressing of the semen or the seed. Wow. Crushing of the seed. Yes. And that oils you down for the friction so that when you go through those tense, harsh moments of consciousness or time, the oil of your own anointing lubricates your soul so you're not rubbed raw mm. and angry and tense and, and victimized by, by your movement because you're bouncing around and moving in the universe like, like molecules. Wow. We're bundles of energy like that. But when you, when you sit down and you're hurting and you don't know why, is because you have not learned how to tap into your own personal anointing. Wow. Scientists. And I, that's not a religious term because scientists who invent and create, artists who design and create, uh, uh, preachers, paupers, doctors, everybody is anointed for their work. And the, the recognition of the anointment and the enjoyment is when you accept the appointment. Mm. You are appointed here. You agreed to come. This is your assignment. Yes. And when you say yes, stop protesting and contesting, then the universe oils you down, and you just go through whatever you go through. Absolutely. Without being scarred. Wow. While, while we're talking, I want everybody to go to Amazon.com and order uh, The Gospel of Inclusion by Bishop Carlton Pearson. An incredible, incredible work, as you can hear. I, I have to ask you, I know, uh, I want to read this passage. I love this. The time is ripe for the world's culture to embrace the concept of a new spirituality, self-directed and non-traditional. However, to pursue such journeys, people must learn to let go of the religious baggage that may be holding them back, turn their backs on abusive religious teachings that lead down dark alleys, offering no exit. By releasing excuse me, and reconciling the past, we can free ourselves to discover a new brand of God based not on authoritarian doctrine but personal faith. As we're in this year of, of new beginnings, 2008, that I feel like there's such an energy behind this teaching more than ever. <clears throat> How do you think that this is going to impact the people that are embracing it, specifically the creative arts? First of all, this seems like a gross terminology. It's like people who are, have locked bowels or constipated. They cannot eliminate. Mm. And therefore, they cannot properly digest what comes into them. You're constantly, I've been saying this year, this sounds a little carnal when I say, not money comes to me, but money comes through me. Yes. Because it doesn't stop with me. Every time I pay a bill, that's money flowing through me. Every time I give to somebody on the street or give a larger than normal tip to a waiter or a bellman, uh, it's, it's, it's money coming through me like the energy that comes through me. The Dead Sea is 1,500 feet below, 1,200 feet below sea level. It's the lowest spot on earth. Mm. If there was a hell, it would be the closest spot to hell. Yes. You know, but uh, the reason it's called the Dead Sea, and I've actually swam in it, is because it has no outlet. Only the water comes down from the Golan Heights uh, to the Jordan River and flows into the Dead Sea. But it's called Dead Sea because nothing can go out of it. It evaporates, but it doesn't have an outlet. When we recognize that we are in a flow, mm. let these things flow. Through. Your creative ingenuity is in a flow. It's in motion. It's, it's literally the movements and the segments of the soul. And when you are constantly moving and motivated and allowing yourself to eliminate and receive and then to recreate, it's literally recreational living, recreational living. Everything is recreation. It's mm. fun. 
you know, I would like I would say to your to your listeners, are you having fun yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I made a I made a new covenant with myself and my soul just a few years ago, when I was going through all this fertilization, the fertilizer, the dung they were throwing on me. I just said, this is gonna be fertilization. It's gonna fertilize me, and whatever sown in me is gonna really be great. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a new commitment in this last half of my life, because I'm going to be 55 next month. This last half of my life, last half of my life, I am going to have great fun. Yes. This is 2008, and I say from, from good to great in 2008. Oh, that's good. Every creative genius. There, the word music comes from the word muse, which means to think. Mm-hmm. To amuse is the opposite. If you let the musings, the science of, mu- of the musings flow through you, and of course you're an incredible musician, not only can you sing, but you can write, and you can write because you can feel, and you can feel because you can express, here comes music coming through you, the most creative and powerful and prophetic sounds in the universe are about to be released into it. Yes. People who are in the musings, because this is a, this is a generation of thought more than feeling. Yes. We've... We Pentecostals know what it is to feel God, but we don't know what it is to think God. Yes. Jesus said, love the Lord with, your, all, with all your heart, your mind, your, your, strength, and your, your, uh, your strength, and your mind. Mm-hmm. We haven't learned how to love God with our mind. Yes. And so thought is powerful. It's creative. It's inventive. Wow. So music and musings and thought principles and practices are about to invade this planet in unprecedented measure. Wow. And you, you'll feel it. I mean, you're already feeling it. Oh, yeah. You'll know it. All the musicians that you hang out with, those who get in this flow, really willing to, to let go of some of the things of the past. Yes. Embrace the present. It's like, it's almost like an emotional <laughs> colonic. <laughs> <laughs> get all that out of you, see? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> Glory to God. Let all that stuff go. Paul called it done. Today they call it something else. But let it all go. Yes. I, I, I wanted to share with you, there was, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a songwriter and, and singer from contemporary Christian music in the early 80s uh, named Terry Desario. I know of him, yes. Okay. I was pulling out some albums that I was doing some writing and listened to this album, had not listened to it in, in quite a few years. And I said, oh my God. 1983, she was writing the Gospel of Inclusion. I had no clue. There's a call to us all to love all humanity. Every race on the face of earth comes to unity. Uh, Reach a hand to the Hindu mother and a hand to the Buddhist father in love. Hold the hands of a Muslim baby and you'll see we're all the children of God. Oh my goodness, when was this? 1983. And I wasn't listening to secular music in those days. <laughs> and this was this was released, believe it or not, on Word Records. Word Records. Word Records, contemporary Christian music. That was Ralph Carmichael back in those days. Yes, and her second album was just as bold. And this was the Gospel of Inclusion. She was writing it. I got to send you these albums because you have to hear these. Oh my I found her. You found her two weeks ago. I found her. She left. I mean, she went through the same thing on a much smaller level. Uh, that you did. She was dropped by the label. They said, we cannot release this. We can't do anything with this. This is, We don't even believe in this. She left the country. She's been in Germany since 1990. And uh, we just connected. But I, I said to her, you need to know that these albums changed my life. 
Like these were albums I heard as a child, but didn't know what they meant, didn't pay any attention to the lyrics as a kid. But it got in. And I've held on to these albums since 1985, 1983. Wow. And they came in the past four years back to me. And I said, it's always been inside. This was the first way it was given to me. And I, I wanted to ask you, I told her I was going to acknowledge her work uh, in this interview because I really wanted uh, people to hear that this message is, on that level, it's not new. This, you know, Jane, Joni Mitchell, uh, her new album uh, titled Shine, that's yes. the title song, uh, it's, it's Starbucks product. Mm -hmm. In the song, she, she, she's, it's, the song is a prayer. You know how incredible her music is. But in, in the title song, somebody called me because I didn't know this. Uh, she says, shine on the farmers and shine on the churches. And it says, shine on Reverend Pearson. Wow. The way the old God. And then she talks about, I think, Michelangelo and others. But I'm the only live guy. Yes. Mentioned. I, I, I wouldn't have a clue that she even knew the story, but evidently she saw something or read something. But she literally says, I, I, I assume that she's referring to me, when she says, shine on Reverend Pearson who threw away that old God. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm sorry. That's all right. Oh, that's the old, I forgot to turn off the phone. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, she, now, of course, she's been very eclectic, but also very almost metaphysical in her approach to mm -hmm. some things. Um, but there's a lot. Lenny Kravitz is writing a lot of songs. This uh, new album. Love, the unconditional love of God. Yes. A lot of the secular people in music seem to be thinking uh, at a level that church folk don't and never have. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. I heard the new Lenny Kravitz album, and I was just completely amazed by it because it is this in the same school. It's, it's all in this. gospel, as I've ever heard it. Yes. How has this concept, as a pastor of a, of a congregation, how has this changed your direction uh, within the context of uh, maybe what your original idea of pastoring was? Well, I don't, of course, I lost most of my members now, and I've been invited. I go once a month to, to Atlanta to the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, which has thousands, and they love this message. Mm -hmm. I, I'm invited quite a bit out of Tulsa. Tulsa is the buckle of the Bible Belt, and they really know how to use the buckle more than they do the Bible. Yes. Um, but but um, I no longer teach my congregation to try to get people saved. Right. Except from themselves and their fears and their misinterpretations of who God is. So the onus on us to get the world saved from, you know, I always ask the question, do we need Jesus to protect us from God? Hmm. you got to have Jesus. If you ain't got Jesus, <laughs> well, you know, I've heard that all my life. What they're saying is you got to have Christianity, and I don't believe that. My next book's titled God is Not a Christian. Wow. You know, I, and I'll deal with the spirituality, and I allude to it in that book, of course, that you have. But this whole idea of Christianizing the world has caused some of the most horrible uh, torture of humanity. Mm. We've done some absolutely deplorable things to each other in the name of religion. Christianity is one of the more aggressive of between Islam and Judaism. Islam and, and Christianity are the two most aggressive of the Abrahamic faiths. And we've caused so much torture trying to, and I no longer, and I tell my people, we're not about converting anybody, but convincing everybody. Mm that they're loved, cherished, unconditionally, special, unique, and welcome to the planet. Nobody's a stranger. And I no longer say, you know, 
uh, I'm just a stranger passing through anymore. <laughs> yes. You know, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Yes. Treasures all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Well, you know, i got to have some treasures down here. Right. And I have friends down here and love down here and life down here. And both heaven and hell are states of consciousness. Hmm. You can create either here and now. We're in the time continuum, and yet we're in eternity. Yes. We're now living part of our eternity. Absolutely. And it's good. It's a good time if you're, if you're thinking good. It's a wonderful time. Yes. I'm very comfortable with, for the first time in my 55 years, I'm incredibly comfortable with who I am being me. Wow. Comfortable in my skin. I'm not ashamed. I'm not apologetic for being, for having my state of spirituality that I do. I, mm -hmm. I love everybody as they are uh, unconditionally. And uh, I couldn't say that before. I don't even feel like I'm supposed to fix anybody. I'm just supposed to be everybody. I was just going to say it takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I don't, I, for the first time, I'm not carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yes. Even as important as the message I share is, I still don't wear it as a burden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's beautiful. It's precious, not pressurous. I think we just realized that those with ears to hear, they're going to catch it. Yes, of course. You know? Let's talk about also you've got a new uh, CD, your first CD in, in quite a while. We're so excited to have a musical offering from, from Bishop Pearson as well. Tell me about After the Rain. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a song of melancholy, mostly uh, a CD uh, mostly of melancholy songs I talk in between the songs. One of the theme songs of my life anymore is everything must change. Mm. Nothing stays the same. I, that's one of the key. In fact, that particular song, a single of it, goes with the CD of the book. I, I did the audio book. Wow. That song is a gift that goes with anybody that buys the audio. But uh, the album is still in the final mixing. There's one more week of it, but it does. We, I sing, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Okay. The pain is gone. You know that. Yes. And then there's one in there where I go, let it be, let it be, let it And wow. I tell the people to let things go. Hmm. You know, don't hang on to all this stuff. And actually sing, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. This can be your answer, let it go, wow. let it go. I'm having to let some things go and let some people go. So it's a beautiful, um, and, and it's, uh, you know, as I say, I talk and exhort in between, and it's, it's not a lot of funky stuff right now. It's just a real slow, ministerial, mystical almost mm. presentation of my, my healed self. Wow. Where will people be able to pick that up? Uh, on, from our website, uh, bishoppearson.com. Okay. Uh, or any, any of ours. Either it'll be on MySpace. It'll be on uh, my ministry, one, newdimensions.com. Uh, okay. Or .us. Okay. www.newdimensions.us. Uh, that'll be ready probably within two weeks. Awesome. And it's awesome. called After the Rain. Well, we will be supporting it here on Out the Box and just so excited about... Uh, everything that uh, you're presenting to the universe right now. This is just, we're grateful. We're very grateful. Well, you know, you've been, you've been a real good sense of uh, encouragement and support uh, and seemingly understanding. And, I, and again, as I said earlier, I, I don't only hear, I feel your evolution. It's powerful. <laughs> you know, it's, just, uh, it's, 
it's where it should be right now. Well, thank you, Bishop. It's so good. Well, again, everybody pre-order uh, The Gospel of Inclusion on Amazon.com, published by Simon & Schuster, After the Rain uh, at BishopPearson.com or NewDimensions.us, and uh, support the work. And if you didn't get any of those websites, you missed all of that information, just come by Out the Box with Tim Dillinger.blogspot.com, and we'll have links there for you to go to to purchase this work. Thank you so much for taking the time, Bishop. The pleasure is all mine, so we'll do it again. Thanks for joining me for this episode. For a weekly newsletter, join me at God's Music Is My Life at Substack. Our handle on all social media outlets is the same. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know you're listening.